we need to talk about Diane Feinstein, and we need to keep talking about Diane Feinstein so that we don't go through this again. I will say before I play this clip from Katie Fang, if you don't live in California, you might not know this. Our alternative for Feinstein was Kevin DeLeon. If that name sounds familiar to you, that is because he is still in the Los Angeles City Council. Even though he said the second most disturbing thing I've heard on a recording in the last year, the first being McCurtain County, obviously. So our options were kind of bad, and there was no viable alternative to Feinstein that ran. Plus, people don't like to vote against legacies who have done some pretty good work. Maybe if more than 34% of California voted, but again, then we would have had Kevin DeLeon. Anyway, here's Molly Jong Fast saying a bunch of things we probably don't want to hear. Starting with, rumor has it Feinstein's not coming back, nor is she stepping down. Democrats this week managed to advance seven Biden judicial nominees out of committee despite a major absence on the panel. California Senator Dianne Feinstein, the oldest sitting U.S. Senator and member of Congress, has been MIA in Washington since the presidency recess in February when she was diagnosed with shingles, a non-life-threatening but incredibly painful infection and a condition for which she has since been hospitalized. The 89-year-old senator's absence could spell trouble for key Democratic agenda items in the Judiciary Committee and on the Senate floor if she doesn't return to Washington soon. Meanwhile, the calls for her resignation are intensifying as she has missed more than three quarters of all votes in 2023. ProPublica notes this makes her the most absent member in all of Congress. In a new Vanity Fair piece, our next guest writes, quote, we should not hold a United States senator to a lower standard than that to which we hold all other Americans. We should expect that a senator would, at minimum, perform the basic duties of their job, like casting votes, rather than clench power at the public's expense. Joining me now is special correspondent for Vanity Fair and the host of the Fast Politics podcast, Molly John Fast. Molly, it's so good to see you, as always. Thanks for being here. I think this is a really important conversation, and I wanted to have it with you. There is some good news. The Judiciary Committee managed to advance a handful of Biden's nominees with bipartisan support, but this is a very real problem. Republicans have blocked attempts to temporarily replace Senator Feinstein on the committee, and the margin for Democrats in the Senate, as we know, is already really slim. So how harmful could Feinstein's prolonged absence end up being for Democrats? Well, I, it'll stop the judicial nomination process eventually. They won't have the votes to uh, to get these judges in. But I think it's also a larger issue, right? I mean, you read reporting, there was a, I just read something, a roll call that talked about how people in her staff don't really think she's going to be able to come back, that this is, that there's really no plan to bring her back. And fundamentally, this is a job. You're, you're a public servant. You are there to serve the public. And this idea that somehow, you know, because she's a woman or because she's older, that she should be immune from that is really ridiculous. And I mean, She's 89 years old. It's not that she is too old for this job. It's that she is not in this job and not doing it and has no plans to return. And America is in the middle of a judicial emergency. In Rebecca Tracer's profile of Diane Feinstein for The Cut last year, she noted questions surrounding Feinstein's cognitive health. Tracer described a call with the senator in the following way. Nothing she said suggested a deterioration beyond what would be normal for a person her age, but neither did it demonstrate any urgent engagement with the various crises facing the nation. Every question I asked about the radicalization of the GOP, the end of Roe, the failures of Congress, was met, was met with a similar sunny imperviousness. Are some of these calls, Molly, for Feinstein's resignation really about continuous signs of waning mental acuity? Well, I'm not capable of making that uh, medical diagnosis, but I will say that in 2020, there's a piece from Jane Mayer in The New Yorker, which talks about how she had some troubles at a committee hearing. I mean, look, this is the issue. If you cannot show up for the job, then you should not have it. And this is really a case of that. And I think fundamentally, you know, it's very nice that a lot of these senators feel that they, you know, that they are so important, but ultimately, 
you know, we just need the votes, right? And so I do think, and I think fundamentally, we need to make sure that our, our senators and congressmen and governors are public servants who serve the public, and that's why they shouldn't trade stocks, and that's why they shouldn't be making money. They should be serving the public. You know, this reminds me a little bit, Molly, of a similar situation analogous to Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, another trailblazing feminist figure who was actively working in her late 80s, but who, some would say, and these are critics, inadvertently undermined her own legacy by staying in her position to a point that had serious political consequences, mainly in giving then-President Donald Trump a third uber-conservative Supreme Court justice pick in Amy Coney Barrett. Do you see any similarities tracking between these situations? I mean, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a legend and she did some incredible stuff. I, I, the fact that there is no row should add to the urgency that these members of the Senate should feel. I mean, we have a, a seriously activist uh, Republican judiciary now with a, I mean, just this week, we had a district court judge who wanted to overturn an FDA approval for a drug because he didn't like what it did, right? If this isn't a judicial emergency, I don't know what is. So ultimately, I think it is really necessary if you're not going to come back to the job that you resign. And I don't think this is rocket science. And I don't think this is that controversial. I mean, you know, if you can't do the job, you should resign. I mean, this is not, this is like, there. this is one of the most important jobs in America. Yeah, but you know, and, and last question, Molly, you've got people like Representative Nancy Pelosi. She's defending Senator Feinstein's choice to stay in office, and, and Pelosi's making it seem like it's an ageism and a sexism issue. So what do you make about the fact that this debate, at least in the eyes of even some congressional Democrats, has become an issue about sexism or feminism even? Well, I don't think it's those things. And I think that a lot of electeds know that a lot of older people vote, and they don't want to alienate them. And look, this is not about age. This is really about are you in the office? And I think you can look at anything in any way, but the reality is like, sure, you know, there have been senators who have stayed too long on the right and the left, female and male. Now, this is not even an issue of staying too long. This is an issue of just not being in the office to take the votes you must take. I understand why Nancy Pelosi is defending her. I understand why other people are who are running for re-election are defending her and you don't want to alienate voters. But, you know, if the job, it looks, I think it reflects badly on Democrats that they're allowing someone to do this to the judiciary. Molly John Vast, as always, I appreciate your insight, and I also appreciate you tackling this conversation. It's creating a lot of fur, and understandably so, but I think it's an honest conversation that needed to be had. So thanks for being here this morning. I appreciate it. Thanks. Short Cast Club.